a few are. Why don't we fire this thing up? Sure. Like, people weren't a huge fan of the last time where I let the recorder run for half an hour before I hit go, so I suppose I'd better get into <laughs> this a bit sooner. Yeah, I guess. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. I'm fresh off the uh, plane from back from lovely Chicago. Uh, Tony, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of worn out a little bit. I had to plan this show out uh, in, didn't even get bumped. Had to do it from the exit row. Jeez, you know, <laughs> uh, sitting there drinking my club soda and eating pretzels. And typing out our little show notes here. Um, how, how are you doing over there? You, you, you are, are you a big exit? Are you trying to get in the exit row when you fly? I don't know. I know you're not flying a ton, but are you trying to get in the exit row? Are you like a front of the plane guy, bulkhead guy? What no, you, you fuck no. Bulk, bulkhead's terrible position. Just as long as I'm away from the, the toilets and I'm an aisle seat, I'm a happy camper. Yeah, aisle seat's big, yeah. Yep. You got to have the aisle seat. Yep, and I would say bad leg to the aisle if at all possible with me, because it likes to. Okay, so you're trying to get yeah, okay, but not yeah, in a yeah, not in get, a, a man get, get, spread out way, you know where you jacked by that bev cart baby. <laughs> that's fine, but at least if I hear nobody's there, I can like really stretch it out and uh, yeah, let it roam free. Yeah, I get you. It's a. Uh... Yeah, I, I've been pretty much on the same flight to Chicago like three times in a row now. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Same times, same uh, seat. So I have my seat that I sit in every time. So I'm starting to get a little too familiar with that. So I'm really hoping I can go a few uh, months here without any Chicago trips. Yeah. That would be nice. But Tony, yeah, what's your, what you got? What's your preference? What, are you a bulkhead guy? Are you an exit row guy? Are you a... It's exit row, exit row aisle. So I don't really care which side. Lately, I've been sitting on the right hand side. Um, if you're in, if you're on the American seven thirty seven, uh, you can get in sixteen D. That is the Griff seat. Sixteen D. That's my seat. I mean, now, what I really prefer is just getting into first class. That's really the nice thing. Of course, so you get that bump. Right, so if I can get bumped, I was number four on the list today, and they did nobody got bumped. Nobody was up there, so um, there it was full full up of, of fools who paid for the first class. Um, now, how are so you didn't, getting didn't there? Are you flying bumped. direct from Chicago to Vegas? I imagine that's the easy way no, to yeah. do it. Yeah, You're not stopping at Denver. Nope. Uh, American is uh, Chicago is a hub for Americans, so ah. you can get there direct from here. There no problem. Yeah, yeah, no, I can do that nonstop. It's uh, it's comfy for me. I get my, you know, even I'm in that main cabin extra with the status, so I get a, I, if I wanted a free cocktail, I could have one, but I um, I abstained today. Um, despite it being, I'm sure a, I could have had a delicious Woodford and ginger ale where they give me like three things of Woodford. Um, but I passed. That's okay. Uh, Tony, my trip to Chicago is pretty eventful. Um, 
I, I do want to talk about it a little bit. I have one story I'm going to tell later in one of our segments. But, uh, Tony, I, I had one of the worst meals I've ever eaten in Chicago, and I lived there for you know pretty much my entire life. So, Really? Um, was this... Went to a... Oh, God. It was awful, Tony. <laughs> so it wasn't... Was it fast food? Was it a restaurant? Fast casual? What are we talking about? No, I would have... I would have killed for some fast food. So my whole food day yesterday was fucked. I was in a work, I was in a meeting, like an all day meeting, which you know is not productive, but whatever. No. Um, so we're sitting around and they, and they order lunch and they're like, all right, we're going to order lunch from, wouldn't it happen to be PF Chang's? Are you familiar with the restaurant PF Chang's, Tony? I, I am. Um, I, I don't think I've ever been to PF Chang's, but they're kind of like in the same class, at least in my mind, to cheat TGI Fridays, but slightly ethnic-themed. Right. It's a little bit racist. Um, <laughs> it's To me, the food is really not substantially different or better from Panda Express. Um, it's just gotcha. in a nicer setting. Yep. Um, it's just a whole bunch of like, you know, fried corn starched up, uh, uh, goopy sauces with some rice. Um, so that's what they got us for lunch was some fucking PF Changs, which was not great. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. And it's probably consistently dinner, average. Well, it just sucks because we're down the street from one of my favorite places that does Southeast Asian food called Big Bowl. I'm like, why couldn't we get Big Bowl? Why are we eating this? <laughs> this sucks. Um, but then for dinner, we went to a different chain. These these fuckers, these suburbanites love their fucking chain restaurants. Went to a place called Seasons 52. Are you familiar with this concept, Tony? Absolutely not. This is I'm coming in blind to Seasons 52. All right, well, feel free to look it up while I'm talking about it. Seasons 52, I think, is a, uh, you know, I don't know which less restaurant group it's in. I, I, don't, I can't remember if it's in the one with um, Chili's or if it's in the one with with whatever, Olive Garden or Outback. I don't, I don't know. But um, it's uh, the concept is supposed to be like it's Olive somewhat healthier food. Darden yeah, okay, so is the owner. Yeah. Yard House. Right. Um, Long. I would have rather. I'd have rather gone to the Olive Garden, Tony. Um, Longhorn so Steakhouse is the other one. It's, mm, yeah. Well, anyways, the um, <laughs> what they're trying to promote is that this is like a slightly healthier alternative to your normal chain restaurant, right? So they don't use a lot of butter and oil. They're listing the calorie counts, and they also, I think, fancy themselves a bit, a bit, a bit nicer. Then sort of a bit of a higher concept than your than your standard Chili's yep. type joint. I would like um, to check out the menu, you know, but fancy uh, wine and crap. they don't actually have a a website that I can access in Australia. They, they're saying I've got access denied. This takes me back to like nineteen ninety eight websites where you used to get that all the time. That's cool. Wow, <laughs> the food took me back to nineteen ninety eight food. So. Um, they had like a set menu for us because we had like 14 or 15 people or whatever that we got to choose from. And I'm like, you know what? They got a filet on here. I'm just saying that's easy, you know, because they had like tra- rainbow trout. And I'm like, they're going to fuck that up oh, real bad. So I'm yep. just going to get a piece of meat and the, um, and the green beans and little potatoes or whatever, and that'll be fine. Dude, this was the worst fucking steak. I have eaten better steaks at Applebee's. I've, I've eaten better steaks at the goddamn Waffle House. Uh, I'm not a big steak eater. But, dude, this thing was cooked 
to death. It was like a raggedy ass piece of filet. And the sauce was this just out of a packet red wine, quote unquote, oh. demi. Yuck. Oh, just heinous. Um, little potatoes were undercooked. So I have these little like raw potatoes floating oh, around. Nice. Um, yeah. Mm. And, um, <laughs> crunchy yeah, potatoes. I mean, it was miserable. And, uh, hopefully nobody from my work listens because I finished the meal. They were going to give us dessert. And I, um, I, I made up a, a little bit of a tall tale so I could just be like, well, I have to go now. <laughs> and I exited the breakfast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ran like hell out of there. It was really bad. Um, really, really, really awful. But uh, it ended up, I made up, a, I made up, went over to Beer on the Wall, which is one of the bottle shops in town, and I uh, made made some friends. So, uh, But I was a little worse for wear for it. Uh, but that's all right. We were really? back at it today. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to try a couple of beers and then you start chit-chatting and I was all right. And then I got home and I just didn't pound enough water and I just woke up feeling kind of shitty, but it's all right. Um, but yeah, so I guess a okay trip. I woke up this morning and ate an Italian beef. So, uh, all's well that ends well, I suppose. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, where God did damn, you get your Italian beef? My, my guys. Oh, I went to Buona. Uh, my, my favorite is your Buona. Hometown yeah. Five. You gotta love Buona. Yeah, it's the best. It's good. Um, got it, you know, dipped with the hot peppers. No other, no other way. Um, uh, I was feeling pretty hungry, so I, I picked up some fries on that one as well. And I was, I was in my, I had my mask on, you know, in the airport. Yeah, I was burping Italian beef burps for for like a solid, you know, <laughs> half hour or uh, flight, like four hours later. So <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, all right, Tony, that was my trip to Chicago. Don't go to season 52. It's really, really bad. Um, it's really, really bad. Um, <laughs> I will avoid I it all last costs. week, Tony. Yeah, just dodge it. I did go to the summer league a couple times there last week, Tony, and had a nice time. Um, pretty, some pretty bad basketball being played over at the summer league, but it makes sense because they're, you know, children yes the uh you, you forget i was in so i watched we watched that first game with paulo and orlando against jabari um this is jabari smith and, yep. and uh houston and uh boy they those guys those a lot of these guys are a little loosey-goosey with the ball i gotta say the the turnover count is quite wild yeah yep you don't take a couple of things out of uh summer league don't take anything at all seriously, but definitely don't look at turnovers or even shooting percentage for how they're going to play. Look for basketball reads. If they're not making basketball reads, then get worried. If they're not finding the right spots on the floor, get worried. If they just lose handles, bad passes, all that stuff has a potential to be fixed. I'm not saying it will be. There are plenty of guys that um, have come out of summer league looking like shit that are shit. But by the same token, we've had guys that you would almost write off as not league ready come week one of the NBA season and game one, they're right. ready to go because, yeah, then they're not competing. Different teams are out there for, for different things. So it's always hard to I tell. I thought Paolo looked pretty, looked pretty polished offensively anyway, so I'll give him that. Um, Jabari was looking a little – he was struggling a little bit. 
uh, in that first game, especially. I haven't really watched him since. Um, so maybe he's been picked, putting it together. Now, the comparison I saw with Jabari that I'm starting to really like, not necessarily for his career outcome, even though this guy's been in the league for a long time, is Al Horford. Do you agree with that player comparison? Forget about weight and everything else. I'm just talking wouldn't about he be, what he actually does. I mean, wouldn't anyone be thrilled to have had to have Al Horford's career? I mean, geez, he's had a great career. This is he's been true. an all-star a couple of times. Yes. He's, uh, he's played in the finals uh, at least once. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would tell you, that's, I think that's pretty good. I think, would Houston, how, how happy will Houston be with that? Yeah. I don't know, but out I think a, it's pretty good. Yeah, out of a number three pick upside at this point, that, that slightly concerns me. I, I'm hoping... Um, in an NBA offense with more creative guards around him, um, I hope his pure shooting ability starts to show through. We haven't seen it at this stage, but I'm not worried about that. But at the very least, I think, yeah, he's he's headed for an Al Horford-like role in the NBA. Whether he's as good as Al Horford, who knows? And all of these guys could be busts, or, or we could get a couple of stars out of it. Nobody knows. I would say... Um uh, I thought Paolo, I think the comparison for him that I loved is he's, he, his, his like floor is Michael Beasley. I'm like, damn, yep. that's dark, man. That's a <laughs> dark road. But how many of these top guys ever finish at the floor? And no, they don't. Yeah. That, that is very rare that, oh, this guy, the, the worst he'll be is this guy. That very rarely happens for the, for the top five in the NBA draft. Normally they're, they're sort of the second or third comparison that, that people give. That's kind of their role in the NBA. Sometimes comparisons are way off, like Trey Young and, and Steph. They play nothing alike other than right, right. other than their small guards, Let's really. Anthony Bennett. Uh, he went below his floor. I think he went to the he went to the basement. He was but did he, he was in the he was in the dirt. If you remember back to that, floor, I, I assume a couple of things. He was never on the radar for number one pick. Cleveland stuffed that up right, massively. No, I remember that. that was stupid. Yeah, but then you look back at that draft, and there was nobody that was a standout coming out of college. That was one of those super weak drafts. There was no rigging yeah. for anybody. There was nobody that was on the sort of these of the top five guys I want. There was there was twenty guys in the running for number one pick and it turns out none of them panned out. It was a it was a pretty awful draft. There don't get me wrong, there are guys that have had made all star games and whatever else, but nobody that turned into an out and out star came out of that draft. Except, except for Giannis, but that doesn't count though. <laughs> like when you drafted Giannis, you weren't drafting Giannis, you were you were drafting the skinny kid out of a country that nobody right. had seen. You were essentially taking a flyer on Darko Milicic. Basically, that that's the sort of grainy footage and knowledge we had about Giannis. And boy, the first year or so, it it looked like it could have gone. Um, could have gone either way. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is one it thing is I haven't discussed with you. I don't know whether you've okay. seen the roster move. But I really like what Milwaukee have done during the offseason. Have you seen the two moves they've made? What did they do? Tell, tell me a little more about the Milwaukee thing. Signing Bobby Portis to a big deal. 
which hey, he's a he's a he's Bobby Portis. You, you would know him better than most. Just for Bobby Portis, you're getting you're getting what you get out of him, yeah. Yeah, but you're they're putting probably him beside getting more, Giannis. They're getting more out of him than the Bulls ever did. Yeah, yeah. But, but you got to remember who he's going beside, and they picked up this young bloke out of Australia, um, super athletic, jumps out of the gym, Joe Ingles. Oh, Joe Ingles, I heard of that guy. Yeah. I just saw that Bobby Porter's got almost $50 million, so yeah, that did sort of bug my eyes out a little bit, but I hey, guess that's just the going rate. Yeah, Lou, Lou Dort's getting uh, a similar sort of contract. I think he's over mm-hmm. a few more years, but like, there's a guy that I think should be getting paid around $5 million a year, but that's not the going rate anymore. But I think Joe Ingles no. is actually... If he's is back just after the All Star break, he's sort of that perfect guy for Milwaukee. They need somebody that can keep offensive possessions moving. Like Milwaukee are not a great team to sure. watch when that ball sticks. It's like right. this is like nineteen oh, to early two thousand basketball. basketball yeah, yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good pickup for them. You're right. I like that one. Um, how have you liked your your Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, they're one of the better summer league teams for sure. Yeah, I, um, I I think it's fine. All I wanted to see was a connection between Giddy and Chet, and and I wanted to see Chet stay on the floor for two games in a row when he's done that. So, like, what more can you ask for? Chet's going to be what he's going to be for the first three years. He's going to get bullied when he gets d- down low in the post, but that's not going to be his role against. Eighty-five percent of centers. He's going to come from the weak side. He's going to block three shots a game when he has a good game. At least one block in those other bad games. He's going to give you fifteen and fifteen and ten. Isn't he going to play more? I mean, I feel like he would play more closer to a Durant player than he will a like a whatever center. Yeah, this is the interesting part about modern basketball. Like. Nobody's playing really centre. It's only on the defensive end on who you match up on. Like when Embiid... It's um, only if you have one of the guys who is a centre. Yeah. Like if you have fucking JaVale McGee, then you put him, you have to stuff him somewhere. Yeah. But most of the guys are playing five out or rotating guys through through the the high post most of the time rather than clogging up the paint. Um, But as as long as I saw somebody who could be not be a liability on defense. That was my concern with Chet because he came out with all this hype that he was going to be this great defensive player. But my worry was against big bodies. Would he struggle? And I don't think he has. I think his weaknesses are his weaknesses and, and they're going to continue to be an issue And because no player's perfect when they come into the league. Yeah. But I, I did hear an interesting point about his weight and that was, have you ever had a player that came into the league too skinny that fail because they were too skinny. They were too skinny and failed for other reasons. Poku, great example. Doesn't actually have all the skill that his right. sort of YouTube highlights say he has. Trust me, I've watched a lot of Poku. He doesn't have that many <laughs> skills. Um, but Kevin Durant came into the league skinny. He's not a 300-pound Goliath at this point. He didn't fail because he was too skinny. He's still pretty wiry. Yeah. If, if you're wiry... And that's your natural weight. You find, and you're good enough. You'll find a way to thrive in the league, and I think that's what we'll find with Chet. I, he won't be a ever a traditional back down five. They'll they'll find ways to supplement yeah. that. Whether they bring in guys that 
sort of six, eight Draymond types to actually body those sure. bigs and he can come from the weak side, that's what they may end up doing. I'm not saying Draymond because, like, Draymond is not going to leave the Warriors anytime soon. But that kind of player, there are plenty of those guys in the league that can take a body, they're undersized against the big centres, but as long as they get help, they'll be fine. Kevin Garnett was a skinny feller. He was pretty successful. Yeah, he did a ride in the league. His career yeah, turned out kind of okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, a little bit of a lunatic, though. Um, no, I liked, uh, I liked watching Oklahoma City's team. Um, you know, I saw the worst summer league team I've ever seen, which was the Phoenix summer league team. Really? Um, Worse than the Jazz? M- fucking... M- they had no, because they have no draft picks. They didn't draft anyone this year. So it's really just like a collection of random dudes that they're like, maybe there's something here, and there is nothing... Nothing to see there. There's really no, nothing of any particular value. Um, who I like? I was I was Washington, who also wasn't any good, but they're beating him by twenty five or whatever at halftime. So um, didn't get to see Bulls Knicks. Didn't miss anything. Bulls lost by thirty. Um, the Knicks put on a fucking shooting clinic. For some reason, they put Bulls Knicks in the little gym and Suns Wizards in the big gym. Couldn't explain that. Doesn't really make any sense, but um, could the only uh, so Thomas and Mac, Thomas and Mac was empty, and then the cock, the little tiny high school, like pavilion was was packed to the gills. Now, the only reason I can think of, did they think more people were going to travel across from Arizona as Suns fans to Vegas rather than traveling all the way from the East Coast? Like, that's the only sort of thought I can I can give because you got a Midwest and a and an East Coast side. With, yeah, but they are. There were so many Knicks and Bulls fans. It was wild. Yeah, I mean, there were a million Knicks and Bulls fans in in the house. So, didn't really make any sense. I think maybe it just got randomly assigned. I don't know how they do it, and they yep. probably just were like, "Oh shit," you know. Um, it's okay. It was still a nice time seeing the seeing the ball games. Um, listen, if you're a big if you're a basketball fan, I gotta highly recommend it, Tony. I know it's hard for you, but if you're in the U.S. And you uh, want to enjoy some kind of a unique basketball experience, unique NBA experience, go check out that there, Summer League. Um, you can take your picture with the fucking trophy. Uh, it's really stupid that you can do it, and I did it. So um, Now, the Summer you, League trophy. Not, not the Larry O'Brien trophy, the Summer League championship trophy. Did you actually see the celebrity referee that was there? Did you see that game? I wasn't there for it, but I watched it the other night. No, yeah, I was sitting there Monday night watching RJ um, referee the uh, the second quarter of that Knicks. Was it Knicks Nets? Yep. Game. Yeah. Now that was amazing. Yeah, it, it it's interesting to watch somebody that's never refereed try and try and come into that role. Um, it was always. Even at the lowest level of basketball that I refereed, you watch people come in and, and try and do it their first few times. And they're either doing one of, one of two things. They're ball watching or they're trying to call things that aren't there. They're just trying to make calls for the sake of making calls. And he got sucked into watching the game rather than watching his assignments as far as zone and spacing. Right. and Just the small things that, that you – you'd notice as an ex-referee just 
just sight lines and things within your your three three man assignment. Like he was just finding a spot, and he wasn't moving. Like it's not like you move more than more than a a step, but you're constantly moving that step to to create those angles in and forgetting to put his hand up for the three. It it was great to see somebody who funny, is yeah. super confident be rattled because he's in such a a different fishbowl, even though it looks familiar to yeah. him. I give, give him some credit for doing it, though. He, he uh, I think that was, uh, you know, it took some guts to, to actually go do it. I'd be terribly fucking scared shitless by that, dude. That's crazy. It's, oh. If you've never refereed to jump into even an NBA summer league game is like a thousand miles an hour compared to anything else, yep. you know? And he's right. They, at every level, players are trying to trick you. It's That's what their job is. Their job is to break and bend the rules and your job is to work yep. out are they actually doing it at this point and do you pull them up but yeah, I, uh, no i thought no, it was interesting i thought he did a nice job i, I mean I, I i think they should have made him do the whole game he was getting sweaty out there dude <laughs> yeah i i don't think you can come in as i'm sure he does like beach reps in the gym every day to look good on tv but i don't think yeah. he's aerobically fit i I think he would have failed miserably trying to do four quarters and concentrate for four quarters because you're managing so much stuff. You're managing yeah, clock. there's a lot going on. And there are things that you, that you don't see, just timeout stuff that, that you've got to continue to manage. At least one of the refs has got to do that. The soccer refs are still the insane ones to me. That's like an amount of running that is so <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> They're those men, old men to do. It's like... How much, how much like treadmill running do you have to do like every couple, every day or two just to keep your cardio up for that shit? Well, Man, it's wild. The one for me, actually, coming back to a sport that you probably know nothing about, and it's it's changed a little bit recently over the last 10 years. They've had two of them. But in Aussie rules football, there's a guy called a boundary umpire, and his job mm-hmm. is essentially like a linesman in soccer but doesn't have to manage yeah. the offside rule. His only rule that he has to manage is to see whether the ball's out of bounds. But he runs, he follows the ball basically the entire time. He does more running than any other player. So he's running up and down the sidelines and the sidelines are curved, but if the ball's not on his sideline, he can run straight. But they do an enormous amount of work. They do, I think it's it's between 25 and 30 Ks a game of jogging, which is crazy. It might not be that much, actually. It might, it might, have, been, might have been 20 Ks a game. I think it was a half marathon in three and a half hours, including breaks and no. whatever else. No, it's wild. Can't do it. <laughs> nope, not going to be able to pull that one off. You're not? That's wild. No, I think I'm a, you know, I just, I'll play some of that walk in soccer that they play, the old men play. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I think that's Um, fine if you're coming into a sport that you've never played. Like walking basketball, which is an old man sport as well. I couldn't do that. Even though I can't really run, my urge, because you you play a sport for, for seven, eight years, your instincts, I think, would kick in and I'd try and run there. I'd be terrible at that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I would. Maybe I would just burst into a sprint. I don't know. That's fine. Tony, why don't we uh, shift into some stuff? Let's let's give up our bullshit and we'll go and see our fans' bullshit over in the Discord.
Uh, Grammar purist wonders aloud, does Joey Chestnut need a new toilet installed each year? What do you think, Tony? Is he, is he blasting that toilet so bad to kingdom come that he has to get another one put in every time he, does, he, he wraps up the hot dog contest? Uh, I did actually spend some time on this for God knows whatever reason. Like, the issue is not the toilet itself. It's the plumbing connected to the toilet that I think would be of an issue. Because, like, sure. ceramics, they've... They're a lot less fragile than you would think. But those poor pipes, mm-hmm. they've only got so much mm-hmm. volume that they can go through. And that flusher would have to be working overtime. That, that's the it's issue for me. It's smoking after this guy's yeah. using it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sizzling. You'd just be banging that button like a traffic light pedestrian crossing all the time, just trying to get it to work faster and harder. And, yeah, it could be a huge, huge issue. I, I imagine that a good portion of his prize funding would have to go towards plumbing bills, whether it be post-competition or even training. He's got to train for this shit. This is not a a one-bite wonder. This is a guy that trains hard for what he does, and I think he's got to, what do you reckon, 15 20% of his budget goes towards plumbing? Uh Boy, you've really thought about this more than I have. Fifteen to twenty percent of his budget. Now, what's he get for winning the hot dog contest? That's that's maybe a big question. Is what's his budget look like? Well, that's a good point. I I, I just for some reason had in my mind that it was fifteen thousand dollars, but I think I've totally made that up. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's um, I think it's uh, let's look it up, huh? Uh, how much is Joey? Hoey, Hoey Chestnut, Chestnut <laughs> worth. He's well, a net worth of about $2 million. Bullshit. That's one of those internet figures. No way is Joey it Chestnut is. worth more than $250,000. Well, it depends. If he owns a house, could be worth quite a bit, you know, his net worth. I don't think he owns um, a house, I, and I think he drives a, um, a like, you think you drive like a Yugo or something? No, 2012 Toyota Camry. Okay. Hey, I drove one of those. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, not anymore, though. A um, lot of stuff in the beer chat. A lot of beer chat this week, Tony. Um, Nick Torque buying some Brick Lane. What is this? Brick Lane Imperial Stout. This is a beer that I've mentioned on the show. Uh, Maple. Um, All right. It's part of the Trilogy of Fear um, that they do. Okay. And it's really, really delicious. That's good to know. He's also got a little collection of some uh, hawkers here. This is a nice little set, this box set. Didn't you get this? Did you get one of these box sets from them? No, I I didn't. I didn't get the Dark Matter box set, but that looks killer, and I'm a huge fan of it. It's great. You got three, three Dark Matter Imperial Stouts from Hawkers. Dark Matter is a coffee roaster here in Chicago, not here, but in Chicago. I did bring some home for myself. And you get this nice kind of stemless teku-type glass, we'll call it. Yeah, um, they're, they're sort of what everybody pretty, goes with in, in Australia. And pretty sharp. Big fan of those. Yeah, I like them. Um, uh, we had uh, uh, Nick. Uh, no, here's Tony. Tony got some Mountain Culture. This yep. Hill People, Oat Cream, Nipa. What do you think, Tony? You like this one? Fucking oath, I like this one. This was delicious. It was hazy and creamy and, yeah, everything you want to chew on. 
but it wasn't gloopy. Don't get me wrong. But like, no, yeah, it looks looks like it was look looks like a pretty good color for that beer. Yeah, yep, nice and hazy, um, and everything that goes along with it, all those tropical, milky flavors that you want out of a Nipa. Uh, we had, uh, and then uh, Nick Torque was drinking Mountain Culture along with you. He had a hazy one too, Hazy yeah. Harvest with he had uh, a, Bridge Road. That looks nice. Yeah, a collab. Bridge Road, of course, um, they're coming out of uh, the high country in Victoria. They do Australia's best um, non-wild saison, I think. Let me put it that so way. So what's, what's this So what's this story all about? So PMAX says they had to change... The original name of this beer it apparently yep. used to be Hill People Milk. Yes, um, but now uh, your y'all's liberal nanny state uh, made them change it. Now, why did they do that? Because people allegedly, I I doubt very much. This is sorry, PMAC. I'm not sure whether you're a public servant. You're in Canberra, so more than likely you're a public servant. But this is a public servant not looking to imposed liberal nanny state. This is a public servant just looking to fill his work day and he comes up with this shit and it makes me mad because it's just all about the red tape. This is somebody just trying to to justify their their job. Um, That's what it's all about. Like there's no way that that beer would be confused with milk. It's in a separate fucking part of the store for fuck's sake. And Kaiju Crush... It wasn't because there was some kind of, oh, I thought it was going to be something like uh, something offensive. No. But you had the term, the reason is because it was called milk and yes. somebody might think it's milk. Not somebody would actually <laughs> think that, pretty- but some government <laughs> official thought, how can I justify my role? How can I make more rate, red tape for somebody? Let's do that. I would go... That, that might send me full Tucker Carlson on that. That's some, I, I would have three days of like complaining about that on the news. Like it would be right after I want to fuck the green M M&M and M for forty five minutes. I'd be talking about this. It's yep. uh, that's wild, dude. Who doesn't uh, want to fuck a green M&M? But what? Who doesn't want to fuck a green M M&M? and M? But um, my why, point why, being where's is, where's the pussy on the green M and M? That's the question we all have to answer someday. Yeah. You know, is it in the normal crotch part? Is it in the? Is it like? Does it melt? You know, where there's just a lot of stuff we got to figure out about. Yeah, it. there's a lot of friction. Of course, it melts, but that's why you've got the hard candy shell to keep everything together. But the thing is, yeah, <laughs> you could go full Tucker Carlson, and yes, it's inconvenient for the brewery, but like. And and we spoke about it for thirty seconds on on a on a um, Discord conversation, but like, why bother with the outrage? It sucks and it's bullshit. The brewery's moved on. We can move on. I don't agree with the the decision, but yeah, I'm not gonna bother going full Tucker Carlson. I'm not gonna travel to Brazil um, and start supporting Alex Jones just because. Um, they took milk out of the name of a beer. He was last time I checked, and that was a little while ago. Wow. Um, this is interesting. The PMAC, PMAC kept going, though. There's um, uh, apparently Kaiju Crush. This is a beer I think you drank recently. I fucking love Oh, not um, recently. I, I drink yeah. that all the time. That's that's like one of my go-tos when I want something um, super juicy. They had, they had to get the word prominently on the label because the uh, – I guess this is um, – the uh, 
the regulatory group said it would look like a fun juice drink for kids. Uh, and that's where kids are hanging out is buying beer at the beer shop. Yeah. You know? The bottle so, shop. They're hanging out at the bottle. Oh, just that's where I get my juice at the bottle. Oh, nope. That isn't happening. That's me, me too. That's where I get my juice. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting post from Corey, kind of a, kind of a question for us. So, um, bush lights flying off shelves right now. Um, uh, according to the S, the Saint, I guess I think, I think that's the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Um, the theory in the article is that uh, driving sales for Bush is that um, so times are tough and beer drinkers are switching to value brands. I personally think that's only half the story. He says at least around these parts, Bush is big for campers, lake goers, and floaters, all things that were down the last two years. I agree with that idea. Do you yep. think people are buying cheap beer again because of inflation or, or, and, or is it because just like people are traveling again and Bush light is a popular beer for sort of your, um, maybe more, uh, down home type outdoorsy activities, you know, grilling outside, yeah. picking up a raccoon in central Missouri, uh, floating down a river, which is actually pretty fun, um, stuff like that. What do you think? I think it's both, but not in equal proportion. I think there's maybe 2 3 4% of the population that, yes, are struggling and that want to go for a value brand, so that's a reason for upping their portion of Bushlight and therefore Bushlight sales. But I think you, Corey is absolutely right that it is – it's a camping beer. It, there are certain beers in Australia that I would associate with the same thing as right. as Bushlight that you would take on a hike that you just drink like water but is alcoholic. And I think that is absolutely up, and I think that is the biggest surge. I, I don't think we would have the huge surge that is going on right now um, that the newspaper's reporting if it wasn't for both factors combined. But the main reason, I think, is the second one, the big campus thing. Um, and I don't Travel think- is coming back here. I mean, travel, I mean, the, the planes have been full. The airports are packed. People are around traveling this summer. I, I'm not surprised that I, I, I kind of on Corey's side here that um, I, I also don't necessarily know. I mean, I, I'd be interested to talk to someone who, who, does, who would do this is um, – what what is the downshift beer from? Are you drinking Bud Light and you're going to Bush Light? I mean, I would drink Bush Light first. Above, I mean, I hate Bud Light. But, <laughs> um, I I don't I in my mind Bush Light is not a down. Now whatever, I guess I'm a fucking hipster, but Bush Light isn't worse significantly. No. If you're gonna buy a thirty pack of these beers, I think Bush Light is a perfectly average one you know? but what's the cost difference here i don't know is there a two three dollars for sure yeah it's it's cheaper than bud light for sure i mean bud light go. to me the price of bud light is is mind-blowing if you have to buy it i mean i'd buy hams bush light old style any of them yeah you can't you can't be doing you can't be doing the bud light yeah so so that's really the point if it's if it's two or three dollars a carton more or a 30 pack um then I think there's a very small percentage of people changing over. And I'm sure there are people that are hurting and for them it's it's a valuable thing to change over. But I think it's got more to do with people grabbing a case of beer as they're on their way out for a trip. 
What cheap? So you're when you come here, Tony. What cheap beer do you want to drink? What's what's your choice? And like of all our shitty beers, uh, what's um, the one you really want to have? What's the one I want to try, or the one I want to have? The one I want to have oh. that I've had before is I know it's a hipster beer, but I I think it's just a solid American light lager, and that's PBR. Pat's. Sure. Okay, I can get I can get you some of that. Not yeah. a problem. Now, uh, what's what's the one you want to try? It's probably a terrible beer, um, and I, I think it's mislabeled because I don't even think it's a cream ale. But Genesee, is it Genesee cream ale? Yeah, Genesee. Yep, yep. Genesee cream ale for sure. Um, I can. I don't know if I can get that here. I can try to hot it down. Um, all right. See, mine. The other day, I had a hams over at a uh, Silver Stamp. In the nice blue cans, um, it's a it was a damn all right cold beer, so I yep. couldn't complain about it. Um, oh, by the way, PMAC did guarantee uh, or did did validate that yeah, the uh, his his take on the um, hill people milk thing was right. He actually asked Mountain Culture about it, and they <laughs> answered um, and and validated that that was uh, exactly what happened. So. Um, he also posted here. Now, this thing I'd be curious about, Tony. Are you going to try to get this one? Oh, this oh, is yeah. the Big Shed Chicken Salt Gosa. So, what do we got here? It's got, um, okay, yeah, they're putting in the chicken salt, your your yep. your Australian chicken salt there in a Gosa. That sounds interesting. It, it sounds delicious. Like, what you're looking for is a savory note, um, with a bit of salinity like chicken salt is on because i don't actually know what's in chicken salt i said there was msg there but now i I think back and i'm not sure how much umami it's actually got in it so i'm not sure whether it's msg or something else because chicken salt can come across ever so slightly sweet at times um and i think this would be perfect in a goza um i think Personally, if I'm going to pair it up with like a store-bought snack pack of chicken twisties to go with it, uh, Hell yeah. would be the way I would go. So, yeah, I, I want a slab's worth. Um, a slab is a Victorian term for a carton, which I'm not sure whether that's a term you use in America. But um, Do you think, you you'll, s- get, you think you'll get that one over there at the uh, Richie's? I, I don't think they will. Haven't seen Big Shed turn uh, no. up at Richie's. I have had Big Shed beer, but I've had to get it other places. But a slab for those that want to know is 24 beers. That was a way mm. of packaging in Australia that is starting to go by the wayside. We have 24 packs still. Yeah. It's not, not abnormal. Um, Tony, I'm going to skip this one. I feel like this is going to be one of your beers of the week. So we're going to breeze right past that one. Potentially, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, all right. He hasn't decided yet. Interesting. And uh, Nick Torque was drinking one of the Hawkers. Looks looks real good. Um, Tyler uh, W2's over there in Chicago um, drinking Beguile and Dovetail and Underbergs. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, my man Max Allotment was in Tampa, or I guess this is St. Pete, um, at Green Bench. I've been to Green Bench, Tony. It's really, really good. Um, they make a ton of good funk funk beer this is a mixed firm ale with apricot and layers of mouth-watering tartness i'm sure that's delicious that place is great and then um he huffed it over to cycle and uh you know tried to give himself a pat on the back 
for being able to drink some barrel aged stout in God knows what the temperature is down there. It's probably 93 degrees and it rains every day at 4 PM because it's 100% humidity. Um, but he's got some nice pictures in here, Tony though, this, uh, pills or this lager he's got here from green bench. Looks like it came off the Luker side pour faucet. That's looking tasty. It does. Tight um, hand on it. Says hell that yeah. It has to come yeah. with that for sure. Yeah, the cycle, the cycle barrel aged stuff is um, is really nice. But they, oh yeah, it's delicious. But um, every once in a while, though, one of the five will suck. So you'll get a few, of them and you'll have another. You'll have one that like damn it's ass. But then you'll get four that are top notch. Um, our guy W Tudes was also writing drill while he was uh, <laughs> drinking a uh, King Julius, which was pretty funny. Tony, that 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 application behind him is an app called I think if it's still called Pyware, where you would um, put your little marching band kids on the field there and make oh, little coordinate sheets for him. That's the kind of drill yep. music you were talking about. I thought he was making like British like drill music, uh, you know, that sort of rap no, drill he, music. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen some of those dancers on uh, So You Think You Can Dance, so that's funny. Uh, no, this is for marching band drill. Uh, he writes marching band drill, not you know for uh, for some side cash. So that's cool. I, I was saying he should write a drill. Write us a write us a, a drill for Logger of the Week song. Write us some yep. little video drill we can put on there. Um, and yeah, yeah, big beer, big beer chat week. So that was that was a that was a lot of content for us. Thank you everybody for doing that. Uh, let's go down. What else we got in here? Uh, oh, before we go to the mail keg. Um, uh, Corey was not with our all intro, uh, episode last week. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, how long was before the, 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 the intro hit Tony? It was five to six minutes. I would say I, I did put it on early. I thought we were going to get into the show a bit more quickly, but Hey, we had a pre-show chat. Fuck them. Yeah. It was only five to six minutes. Yeah. Might have been longer. Who knows? I just hit the button, and then at some point I hit the uh, the intro. So I'm gonna and uh, I did uh, did have some new Quora potpourri. Um, I for did us. see that. Uh, <clears throat> couple this week that were my favorites. I love. Oh, no, we did like we did uh, smoking last week. Uh, what happens if you are going 70 miles per hour down a road in a car and suddenly turn the key off? Tony, I don't know. What, what do you think would happen? Um, I think you'd be... Um, Usually your car really won't let you do that. It's, it's yeah. very hard. It would be very hard. To, you would have to, to break the ignition. But yeah. if your engine stops, that's fine because your ignition's still on at that point. So your steering lock wouldn't actually come on. Um, right. I don't know how this is actually conceived as a question like if you turn your car off at 70 miles an hour you would slow down one way or another you would gently slow yeah, down you'll slow down you, i don't think i don't believe it'll just come to a rapid stop i mean if it did obviously you'd fly out the windshield and you know <laughs> yeah. killed. but um my personal favorite uh, was the next one, one. yep this is an all-timer for me i love this one I am 346 pounds and I'm four foot six. Is that normal? 
Now, the reason why I think I mean, this may be legit, 346, like why not put 350 if, you, if you're just sort of fishing to be a troll? Right. Maybe that's what makes it like believable, but yeah, 346 pounds, a little too specific. Yeah, you got to say the, the weird part of it is the question, actually. You, you would think she might be asking something like, am I going to die? Am I unhealthy? But the part that just says, is that normal? I mean, that would presume she's never seen another person before. I mean, (laughs) is she looking around and being like, uh, everybody I know is 346 pounds and four foot six? No, no. We have a different view of our body. Like some people don't look at a mirror and some people have body dysmorphia and it goes both ways. They could be 346 pounds and think, what they're seeing back at them, they're exactly the same as that person that's that's five foot okay. seven and three hundred and ten pounds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, right. No, there there is a disconnect between what we see as an individual and what the environment around us is. That seems extreme and slightly unbelievable. But I think if somebody's asking this question, if they're normal, perhaps they're a little bit. Far away from normal in many regards. And the fact yeah. that you need to ask this question says to me that you may have more issues than just weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to agree with that. But that is crazy to think about. That is a that is a interesting shape for a, <laughs> for a person. There, so. Well, I think Corey absolutely nailed it right beneath it with, with the gif yeah, or the gif. Little- Dancing gift, yeah, right, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, all right, Tony, why don't we jump over? We can actually use the sound this week because we have a, I think we have a question here on the mail keg. <laughs> the spooky laugh part of it is so strange to me. I don't know why that's so unsettling. Um, <laughs> what did you buy on Prime Day? So, so Tony, you guys do Amazon Prime Day down there? Fucking oath we did. So I bought uh, Apex Twin Window Liquor on vinyl, got it for 20 bucks. Bargain. Banger of an album. And I also got a USB uh, battery. So, yay. Very exciting. What about yourself, yeah, Chris? Yeah, I, I bought a little battery pack too, actually. I bought a little uh, one of them, like, power Bricks, yeah, things. that's what um, I, I bought. And I got, it was like marked down from $70, $70 to $30. And it was um, one of the ones that has the cords in it, which is nice. Okay. And yep. um, then it, it doesn't have, you don't have to plug it into the wall using the USB. It just plug. it has uh, prongs. Ah. So you just literally stuff it into the, into the outlet, which is pretty, pretty clutch. See, because I will. I mean, that's just too many cords to carry around. So. <laughs> I went the other them. direction and actually went for the standalone brick, but I went with the one that could take um, a quicker charge. So rather than taking like oh, 18 sure. hours to charge, I went for the one that can handle 60 watts and, and charge in four hours. So that's, that's the way good. I went. And the other thing I bought, to, or that my, well, Kelly bought it, um, that you're, you're going to love is uh, we got a soda stream. Nice. Tony. That is the way to go. Yeah, so. I'm a big fan um, of the Soda Stream. I don't use any of the flavors at all. That's not my jam. But for like sparkling water, having it on hand for a, whatever soda yeah, drink you want, want yeah. it's, it's right. perfect. Love it. Vodka, soda, um, gin, and soda—they're all great. 
I got a bit I got a bit concerned um, when I saw that they're made in Israel, but I uh, I sort of managed to get over that temporarily just to get the thing that I want because everything really? that- I'm just like okay everything's bad. Everything's bad. Everything's made in some place that's bad. And I just, yeah. Would you rather buy from Israel or would you rather buy from India or Pakistan? Or God forbid you buy from China because you know where that shit's coming from in China. It's coming from... It's all not good. Yeah. It's coming it's from a region where they have a work camp because you believe in a religion. So, yeah, everything right. is, is crap all the time, especially with manufacturing. You've just got to be a consumer and just, uh, yeah, bite the bullet. You got to, you got to, you got to get, you step up to the trough and eat your little slop. That's what you got to do. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. I haven't really bought no, anything else today. Thing. I might take one more glance later, but yeah. One more thing. Go. Nick Talk actually answered Corey's question. Um, now, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Nick um, bought um, Bundaberg, which are a, famous um, soft drink manufacturer. Um, they're not related to the rum distillery. Um, they have great sodas. So if you want something uniquely Australian that's like not super fancy or expensive, um, you Bundaberg. Can buy them, you can buy them at the Cost Plus World Market, Tony. There you go. States, Bundaberg. Now, are you familiar with the sarsaparilla flavour? I'm sure we've discussed this multiple times on the show, but I didn't know whether you were familiar yeah. with it. Yep. It is funny that it's called diet SARS. I just <laughs> think of the disease with the, with the thing. Yeah, yeah, diet SARS. That's pretty good. But I'd never, ever thought of mixing it with Perno or Uzo. Uzo sounds delicious. That's see? crazy. That's a lot of an, it's a lot of anise flavor. You know, you're getting a lot of that, yeah, that but taste in there. But there's not much anise in the SARS, sarsaparilla. Um, that's fair. It, it's more about the sarsaparilla root slash whatever they use as a substitute these days because that's carcinogenic. But, um, yeah, uh, I think that's a damn fine idea, even if it is um, kind of a, a ghetto way of going about it, Nick. Per, I, I like I like the Pernod with the, uh, with the whatever that is, or Ricard. You just do it with the ice water and it gets cloudy and you put the ice in there and that's pretty good. Okay. I've never done it that way. I have to give it a whirl. There you go. All right, let's do let's do logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. You're up, sunshine. What did you go go first? Because I got a whole, I got a whole story to do here. Oh Jesus! I didn't realize that was the case. Okay, I will go first if my untap actually loads up. So I went for a, a a jaunt out to a nearby town, um, and they they have like a it's like a a butcher's with like a little bit of a grocery store tacked on. It's um, called David Luke's, and they have their own smoked meats and stuff. And they are able to, under Australian liquor law, provide local um, local beers and wines, but they're not allowed to sell one that more than 1.5 litres to a person a day. So I was able to pick up four beers um, and they've got a local brewer, Red Red Butt, oh, Red Bluff. That is a tongue twister, mm. Red Bluff. Um, and I've had their beer before. They have a bog standard um, Pilsner 
Um, the Shelly Beach Pilsner, it's everything I want in a Pilsner. It's light, it's delicious, it's easy drinking, it doesn't make me think. So I was a big mm. fan of that beer. Very nice. All right. Uh, Tony, I uh, had a number of – actually had a couple good loggers over there um, in Chicago, but I uh, went to Microphone Brewing this just this very uh, early afternoon uh, to check them out. They're conveniently located near the airport. So I was like, well, I want to see what my guys are up to. So did um, you have a Count Chocula Pilsner? Uh, I did not have Count Chocula Pilsner. I did not have – uh, Fruit Loops and hot chicken, anything, whatever. It was their Italian pills. Uh, it's called Hey Mambo, Mambo Italiano, like the song Tony. And the um, it's got a label on it that looks like a Chicago tavern pizza box. And it's pretty cool. And it's delicious. And it's on the Luker faucet. And uh, so I got it. I got a 12-ounce pour of it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I went on untapped and I gave it a 4.7 or something. Uh, you know, whatever, like I would. <laughs> yep. And um, I no shit, I'm not fucking with you. This is not a Brian Malika. I made up this story. It kind of sounded funny to me, or I twisted something around in my actual life um, that uh, to sound funnier. Um, this is real, really what happened to me. So somebody comes up to me. From the brew house, walks in, and he looks at me, and he says, uh, hey, did you just drink a Mambo Italiano? I'm like, yes, it was really good. And they're like, he shakes my hand and thanks me for rating it a 4.7 <laughs> or whatever I did. That's awesome. Uh, nobody rated I swear to God, it was out of a tweet. This is like, it was like out of the, t- have you ever see that tweet where it's like you order something off of a menu, and it's like, um, the chef comes out and thanks you for choosing their favorite dish or whatever. This is really happened. And he comes and shakes my hand and buys me a beer. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's just like, nobody rates lagers like that. That's so awesome. Oh man. I'm, I'm so glad you liked him. I can't like, yeah, delicious, whatever. And, um, anyways, I was really proud of myself. Um, my dishing out of high ratings as a, has um, resulted in finally something good for me. I got eight free ounces of whatever I drank after that. Some IPA, but wow, bonus! It was extremely funny. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, he said I was doing the Lord's work, and I said uh, nobody on Untapped. If you can't be, I don't think the Lord wants anything to do with Untapped. If if he if he's around, I don't think Untapped is really where he's where he's going to be making much of a difference. Nothing good happening on there, anyways. Um, but yeah, no, that was fucking funny, dude. It was amazing. Um, I did have one other log or two that was, I mean, I had a couple that were pretty nice, but um, I had uh, uh, some. I, I forget. Actually, you know what? Now I can't remember the goddamn brewery it was from. <laughs> but I ordered a Pivo. I ordered a Pivo at Beer Temple the other day, and now and and the, and the feller working the bar was like, "Oh, um, you know what? You should try this. You should try this other one from." Um, Oh, I don't remember, Tony. I'm not going to remember. But it was oh, it was from Art History. That's right. Okay, I had been there. Um, yeah, it was called Levitas. And they're making... So Art History, I've, I've had Gravitas from them, which is like their kind of standard check pills. But now they're making a 10-degree 10, 10 Play-Doh check pills. So like a, uh, a very light 
check pills, like a 3.8% yep. pills. That was fire, dude. That was delicious. Yeah, really, really good on that too. So, um, both great. That one didn't have quite as funny of a story with it, but it was Not. good. Uh, why don't we jump over and do some beers of the week? I've got two this week, so perhaps you can go first. Oh, well, I am going to choose a favourite because, like every parent, you do have favourites. But, Griff, you can go first. All right. Um, well, the first one I'm going to do, I also had a beer cellar, and this was from Roaring Table Brewing. Um, let's see if I can pull this up. Yeah, okay, Roaring Tables in Lake Zurich, Illinois. So that's like way up North Shore type area. Rich people live up there. And this is an ESB, and it was on the cask engine Ooh. over at beer in, at the beer engine, at the beer temple. We're the beer engine. They had it on the engine, so I had to get it. And it was top-notch. Uh, I mean, classic fucking English bitter. Uh, fucking East Kent Golding hops. Love it. Uh, all, your fi- all your favorite parts of it. It was wonderful, poured correctly. Very, very nice. Um, I guess, you know, good news if you if you guys are cask drinkers. But Beer Temple is getting pretty much a regular cask rotation because they now have, I think it's Roaring Table, Temperance, and um, and Metro are keeping their cask full. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome that they're able to get pretty much something on there all the time. You know, there used to be so many breweries are making casks of shit in maybe a decade ago or so. Yep. Um, I remember drinking fucking two hearted on cask relatively frequently or, or alpha King or whatever. Um, these days, not so much, but, um, it is awful nice to, to get a ESB off the engine. So that was a definite favorite for me. How about you, Tony? Okay. So my honorable mention goes to the beer that I actually posted on the discord and we, we glossed over and that was from, Bacchus Brewing, both of these are from Bacchus, but the complete and utter desolation of S'more mm. is the first beer with chili in it that I can say was done right. The chili All was right. there, we got one. but it didn't overpower the beer. This was a five out of five banger, and I'm not alone. Uh, we'll do an untrapped on this. I'll just go into oh, the beer. Here we go, yeah. And into the beer itself, um, and you'll see me. Fuck up reading the description, but I'll do my best. We've taken our chilli marshmallow desolation of small stout and given it a complete pastry milk stout makeover based on the campfire treat of toasting marshmallows over the fire and sealing them Mm. between biscuits. Brewed with real marshmallows, we added a late addition of smoked chilli, which brings a touch of dragon Mm. fire to this treasure. There are... 95 check-ins, not a big number of check-ins. This is a boutique beer in Australia, so the numbers are, are way down. Um, sure. I, I rated it 5 out of 5. It's my second best beer of the week. Um, yeah, 95 check-ins. Uh, comes in right. at 13.5% alcohol. Uh, I'm going to give this one like a 4.48 or something. Uh, I have to give that to you. Four point four six. Wow! I hit it. 
But yeah, it, that's a good one. It wasn't my beer of the week. Um, my right. beer of the week was also from back. What the hell are you doing it now then for? Sorry, go ahead. Is the Jaffa Cake Imperial Ale. Um, oh, yeah. Are you familiar with the British Jaffa Cake? Yes, I am familiar with that. Okay. Because if you weren't, I was going to say uh, British Week at Elder, you can get Jaffa Cakes. At least you can in Australia. Um, we'll do an untrack. It's got jelly in there or something, right? It's, it's got a, um, like, squidgy centre. I wouldn't call it jelly, but it's yeah, got a yeah, soft yeah. centre okay. in between, like, a sponge biscuit. Um, sure. Jaffa Cake Imperial Ale, um, they basically boosted um, their normal Jaffa Cake and boosted it up to almost 14%. Um, it's got chocolate, vanilla, orange, spices and hops. Um, five mm-hmm. out of five for me. 79 ratings. Did you want to take a stab at this one? You guys love your uh, pastries and stuff there. I'm going to go with like a four point three one. I cannot give that to you. No. It's a 4.18. People didn't love it as no. much as I did. I love my pastry. Okay. And I love it with like a big orange whack to it. And this had a big orange whack. I like that, yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, I'm done with that. Well, Tony, um, I did have a li- I had a little stout too. I, I did have a Sir Blends a lot um, from microphone before I left there today, and that was pretty good. Um, I can't. Last night I was making friends out out around there, and <laughs> I think I had a henna French toast, and it was bad. And I. I, I hope I didn't drink the whole thing, but I probably did. So, not smart. What do you mean you think you had? Oh, no, I had the henna. I know that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Why don't we go overdo uh, and do some take things seriously for once, Tony? You know, get out of this jokey shit and let's go do some news, some hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, highly important news coming at you from the world of the beers uh, from Time Out. Time Out. Uh, <laughs> these guys are, they got their hands in everything, these Time Out guys. They run a fucking food hall in Chicago, for God's sake. Um, so this is Camden Town Brewery. Uh, I'm familiar with them. They're doing a 99p flake beer, and it looks good. And there's only a thousand available, so <clears throat> yeah. I'm not familiar with a 99. Okay, so the the beer itself is going to cost 99 99 pence, yeah, as it were. So this is a um, yeah Camden Town Brewery. Uh, oh, okay. So this is all British terms that I don't know <laughs> what this is. A crisp cold lager and a melty Mister Whippy are two staples of the British summer. Could, could have fooled me. But what if we told you that you could enjoy both of them at the same time? Although it might sound like a strange com- combo, Camden Town Brewery has made that perfectly possible, even feasible, launching an all-new ice cream vanilla lager tomorrow for only 99 pence. So uh, you have this 99p beer ice cream, vanilla ice cream lager. Now, I've had some vanilla ice cream beers uh, from like say, a, um, Mike, uh, not microphone. Uh, fuck, uh, Ani Poyo loves yep. to make an ice cream beer. It was pretty good. Very heavy. You just got to, they got to go heavy with the vanilla. 
but I haven't done it with lager, Tony. What, what do you think? What, what, is this something you'd get, you'd get in on or what do you think? Sure. I, I think that's fine. I just wondered whether you're familiar with all these terms. That's that's kind of why I brought it up. You just, wanted to, you just wanted me to say Mr. Whippy and 99P. Yeah, because 99P being essentially 99 British pence, which is cents. Um, but it's a, it's a cent if you were crazy. I don't know. Yeah, but... Mr. Whippy is iconic both um, in Britain and Australia. It's basically a f- franchise ice cream. De- um, just like a, ice cream soft van. serve? Yeah, but they have to come out of the van. Like Mr. Whippy is the van. Like you, you get a Mr. Whippy van. It oh, plays it's like an ice lead. cream truck. Yeah. Yep, it's an ice cream truck. So Mr. Whippy is always. But they a- have actual ice cream. That's cool. Like our ice cream trucks just have the prepackaged oh, no. fucking bars. Crap. No, Mr. Um, Whippy. So that one just drives around, and it's got like a thing stirring up, you know, the soft serve thing churning yep. up, and the uh, the ice cream bag. Yeah, and in Australia, it's traditional to get it chop chock dipped, or with the flake. But in Britain, it's more about the flake chocolate. Are you familiar with the flake chocolate? It's by Cadbury's. It's basically um, chocolate that's been turned into chocolate shards. Um, it's delicious. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I've had one of those. So that's what this is paying homage to. Of course, there's no chocolate in it other than the photo. Um, but the line I found um, really uh, British um, was actually just a couple of words and it was um, talking about how it was sizzling at 32 degrees Celsius in the British summer. Oh, yeah, what's, what's that? Probably 85 degrees, something like that. You're pretty close. I'll give it to you. It's 89.6 degrees. Close enough. Yeah. That's pretty hot, but it's not hot for you guys. I mean, well, but it's not hot for you either. Like, yes, it's warm. Don't get me wrong. That's not... No, but nothing's hot for us. I mean, fucking A, you know. It's yeah, for England, it, you know, they're, they're, they're not used to 89 degrees. You, now, that said... The English Englishmen English folks love dragging their ass here to Vegas. So, yeah, now, uh, maybe they, maybe they are more familiar with it. Okay, how often during summer? Because we're talking about summer here. Did you hit eighty nine in Chicago? I'm guessing it's it's not like a once a year occasion. I'm guessing it's what 10, 12 times during summer you would hit that. Yeah, probably probably a, yeah probably a, there's probably a ten to fifteen days that get into the mid eighties to ninety. Uh, I think even yesterday we hit above 90 when I was there. So, yeah, not not unusual. Yeah. And and that that just sort of made me laugh. It's a very pretty thing to complain about the heat at, at 32, so. Yeah, they were, well, they were, um, well, you know, the, the Tottenham Hotspurs are there in Korea having to deal with the Korean summer and playing soccer in it. So they're like, oh, it's so hot, it's 85, you know, dying. But it's probably um, humid as fuck. All right. Well, it is. No, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's miserable. Fair. Uh, well, 114 here today, Tony. Ooh. So you got that going. Chilly. Um, yeah, a, a brisk. I mean, it's it's uh, cooler than you think. Uh, Hawaiian Punch. How about this one? Uh, this is from Kate Bernat over at the Good Beer Hunting. Uh, the. Um, this is titled Hawaiian Punch. Maui Brewing is set to buy Modern Times after all. So we've been following the Modern Times auction. Um, as it turns out, well, let's read some of this. 
Um, after a frantic series of will they, won't they to acquire brewery, uh, California Brewery and Coffee Company Modern Times, um, included two interested parties submitting bids. Uh, one is left standing for now. So Modern Times CEO uh, said on July 7th that Brewery X elected not to complete this process and backup bidder Maui Brewing will instead be acquiring the brewery for $15.3 million. Kind of a steal. Um, but uh, there's still a lot of stuff to work through, apparently, according to Maui's chief operator, Scott Metzger. He said, it is true that Brewery X fell out as the buyer. There's still a lot of legal complications to work through to figure out who the ultimate buyer is. Um, the Maui CEO did not um, confirm it either. Um, they thought the deal had flown, given the other two bidders showing how much they were willing to pay. It dropped back in our lap as backup bidder, and we were already on to other projects. So still some uncertainty there. Yeah. Uh, will they, won't they, with with Maui and Modern Times? Um, and for $15 million, uh, I don't know. Seems like it might be worth it, but maybe they've, maybe they've already moved past that. I don't know, but I don't yeah. know. Um, this sounds so like a... We're the best buyer. But we'll see what happens. Seems yeah. like they're they're playing a little hardball too, as they should. Um, when somebody's pulled an Elon Musk, like Brewery X got a lot of press out of this for a, a nondescript like corporation beer thing. Very strong seltzer, yeah. Yeah, they um, they got press out of this, and and they're probably going to have to pay a portion of that that sale price to modern times, and that'll be an asset that then. Uh, Maui can use um, when when they're right. they're picking that up. There, there certainly will be a penalty, and and there'll be some manoeuvring for some time. So it'll be interesting to see um, how this moves forward. Um, yeah, I will say this has been more entertaining than than watching Elon and, and Donald fight. So yeah, may may the saga continue. Maybe later we'll play a little game, Tony, and we'll reacquaint we'll get reacquainted with some of the Maui portfolio, huh? Okay. Um, Interesting. Tony, here's some, here's some of one of my favorite types of news we do on here. And it, it comes up maybe once every six months, I feel like at least. Um, but, ah, uh, uh, another beer company is being sued for cl- making claims of <laughs> healthy ingredients being in their hard seltzer. Feels like this happens all the goddamn time to me. But, um, yeah, designed to deceive upslope brewing sued over electrolyte infused hard seltzer from the Denver post. The lawsuit alleges that the marketing is misleading, dangerous and a violation of FDA regulations. So we have a, um, Denver man and an Illinois woman, woman who claimed that the marketing for spiked snowmelt. Oh, this news is so boring, Tony. God. <laughs> Damn it. Um, the spiked snowmelt hard seltzers trick them and other consumers into believing the alcoholic drink has nutritional value and it's actually harmful to your health. Um, so Spencer Heinz and Megan Taylor. Can uh, I just say? Uh, claimed in a federal lawsuit. Yes. You know who I blame for this? Mike Judge. Gatorade? Mike Judge. Oh, Mike Judge. <laughs> He that's what predicted plants crave. This. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forget about Back to the Future. Right. Idiocracy was far closer to the this future we're currently Brondo. living in. Alcoholic Brondo. Um, so yeah, this is uh, it, it claimed 
upslope fortified its salters with an insignificant amount of electrolytes, including nutrients such as calcium, magnesium, and potassium, and promoted on its labels that the advertising uh, and, and advertising that the beverage is electrolyte series plus and electrolyte infused. The lawsuit alleges that such marketing targeted to outdoorsy and health conscious drinkers is misleading, dangerous, and a violation of FDA regulations. Uh, consumers do not receive the benefit electrolytes when consuming the seltzers. Oh, no shit, because there's alcohol in it. But um, isn't that saying you don't receive the benefits of water because you're drinking any kind of alcohol because it's a diuretic and it flushes your system and won't actually hydrate you? That is some bullshit. Nothing you drink is healthy. There's no such... Are we going to stop all beer promotion that targets hikers and health conscious? Conscious. I mean, drinkers. what is Michelob Ultra? You know, I mean, you yeah. break. But um, yeah. So this comes on the heels of the Vizzy situation last year, where Vizzy got sued for having vitamin C or whatever. Um, it's really funny. Um, I don't. First of all, the electrolytes. So you need electrolytes to live. Um, there is an electrolyte balance in your body. You need, um, sodium, sodium and potassium are two of the big ones. Yep. You're going to want to have those. Um, I so, eat sodium and potassium, those, those two are working together. Yep. Um, you can't get one. You don't want to get more too much more of one than the other. It'll throw you off a little bit. Um, the, um, but, but your even, body's also pretty good at ma- managing it on its own, unless you fuck with it. That's what I was so about to really say. Really, the, the move is to not fuck with it too much. Yep. And my guess is that this stuff, it, it is a gimmick. Uh, these are not doing anything for you. No, um, but needs but Gatorade. You, but, you, but you fell for the gimmick. Yeah, Gatorade yeah. is just sugar. Yeah. Gatorade is some sugar. And it, I do drink it sometimes if I'm dehydrated or working out, but it's mainly you're getting the benefit of some sugar, and also you drive like a big thing of, of you know the remaining water into you. You know, His, um, my point around yeah, Gatorade are, is not that it, over the top. it doesn't provide electrolyte benefit, but what it does because it's sweet, it helps your your, your taste buds actually come back for more water. That's all it really does. Any sort of sweet drink will do it. You look in the Tour de France. Um, they have the added benefit of, of caffeine, but they drink cans of Coke because they get their palate gets dulled from drinking water. They need to hydrate. They go for Coke because it gives them a little bit of sugar and they get a, a sugar rush. They get caffeine and they get a sweet drink that keeps them coming back for more water. So that that's really right. the advantage I see in Gatorade. It's not because it, there are electrolytes because like I eat bananas and I have enough salt in my diet one way or another. So I think I'm fine for potassium and all those kind of things. And you just pee them out at the end of the day. There's a reason why your pee is more yellow after drinking Gatorade. It's got nothing to do with the food colouring. It's just your kidneys doing the work that they need to do to keep your body in balance. Yeah, that's true. Um, Now, I do like that yellow colour Gatorade, though. That's the good kind. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a that's a stupid bit. Um, but speaking of stu- stupid bits, Tony, I don't know if you saw this, but um, and I didn't know this rule, Tony. I, I I missed this one. But so Pat Mahomes, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, very famous 
uh, athlete. Yes. He, um, he, he, uh, I did not know, first of all, that NFL players aren't allowed to endorse alcohol brands. Really? So that's something I learned. You can't be an active NFL player and promote beer. Um, <laughs> so he, he found a way around that, or, or, the, or Coors Light found a way around that, because they use Pat Mahomes in their marketing for their new product, which is the Coors Light, which is a flashlight that says Coors Light on it. And uh, he promoted the light. He did not promote the uh, the beer. They only made a handful of these things, I think, as a gimmick. Um, Coors Light is branded on it everywhere. Um, but it doesn't say anything about beer. It just says the Coors Light. It has 15 Mahomes on it. And you, you can buy a flat. A flat it would have been funny if it were a flashlight, but it's a flashlight um, that says Coors Light on it. So I thought that was a very silly gimmick i think that rule is very stupid um that nfl players can't promote like beer gin or whatever i mean and that dumb as hell um doesn't seem to be the rule with other sports jimmy butler is doing michelob ultra i know that whatever couldn't be a more perfect beer for jimmy butler like that that is like (laughs) he is one of the most complex dudes you might like some coffee stout big coffee guy He's a big coffee guy, but he, he's a Texas guy as well. He loves his country music. Jimmy Butler, complex dude. But, yeah, this is this is classic NFL. Like, they love all the belts in America, so they're, they're big into the Rust Belt, the Bible Belt, and they've got to yeah. appease those people. Um, it's it's a shitty rule. It's, it's a bullshit rule. Um, Australian sports stars, when – used to have endorsements for alcohol. I think nobody can personally endorse alcohol these days in Australia with the way the rules are. But when you could, um, yeah, they would always endorse uh, beers there and stuff like that. that. Lady, lady tennis player was pounding beers left and right yep. after uh, – Ash she, Barty. That's, she's funny, funny as hell, yeah. She – I'm just going to extol the virtues of Ash Barty because she – She's going to be a pro golfer, it seems like, soon, too. Because she's one of these people that, like, she only plays sport to enjoy it. Like, even though she's immensely talented, she she trained hard, she reached the top in tennis, was no longer enjoying it, just pulled up stumps at 20, 20 whatever, 26, I think she was. Because um, when she was 18, she quit tennis for the first time, became a professional cricket player, enjoyed enjoyed the team aspect, but has always been a huge golfer. Really loves the sport of golf. Now going to try a hand at golf. And you will often see her during footy season with a beer in a hand at the footy, just, just watching Australian rules, supporting her her side, uh, the Richmond Tigers. Mm. Yeah, she's a uh, – she's, she's you guys got some decent athletes down there. Although isn't, isn't that what, what that lunatic uh... – Tennis player also yours? Absolutely. Look, yeah. I'm not one of these people that shits on Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios is a flawed individual. He is a lunatic. He will never, ever reach. <laughs> yeah. Like, he may win. Like, he almost fluked Wimbledon. He may do that, but he's never going to be one of these guys that's world number one because he's human and he makes human mistakes. And, yes, he is a nutter, but I love him for the Australian press turn on him. Um, he's a complete whack job, um, but yeah, he's uh, he is who he is. He's he's Nick 
curious. He's, he's not trying to be like this perfect right. tennis player that doesn't misbehave, which so many he's of the male tennis players anything. put up a facade like like Novak Djokovic. Um, but he's a madman out and out. I love him for Novak it. Novak can't play at the uh, whatever because he's not vaxxed, right? He's not and he missing or something coming up here. Yeah. Well, not the Australian Open because we've changed our rules there. We're just open slather now. We're just fucking dealing yeah, with it. I don't know. I don't know which, maybe it's a US Open. I don't know. Um, oh, because that's New York. So, yes. Me, yeah, that's New York. Uh, all right, Tony. Why don't we uh, why don't we wrap this up? You know, I, told, I was saying I planned this show on the plane. I got a little sleepy. Didn't really want to put together a big game. So... Uh, with Maui Brewing in the news and me thinking about Maui Brewing and trying to remember what the hell beers it is they make, um, I thought it might be interesting to do a little untrapped around. But the beers, uh, the finest beers Hawaii has to offer here from the Ninth Island in Vegas. Uh, let's do a round of untrapped on the beers of Maui. start tony uh, um let's look here and see if we can let's why don't we sort by most popular that's good all right okay while you're doing that so, what i really should have done if i had have had heads up what this game was about added a ukulele sample to the end of the untrapped oh jingle. yeah get some ukulele now how do you say uh, it because as a kid i used to say it the same way you did but the past few years they seem to be changing the way you pronounce ukulele to ukulele. I'm not sure what's authentic. Is it like, should a white guy just go with ukulele, though, at the end of the day? I'm, I'm going with ukulele, Tony. I, uh, I, if, if somebody corrects me, you know, if I go to Hawaii and somebody corrects me, I will uh, kind of politely nod my head and just I just won't say it anymore. <laughs> I don't need to say it. Oh, he's playing what there, that little thing, little tiny man- mandolin. Um, now we'll just, we'll just walk right past it. So let's see if I can, uh, dig up a couple of uniquely, uh, Hawaiian beers here. Why don't we start with this one? This one's interesting to me. Um, this is an eight. Okay. So this is really interesting. So, uh, this is a collaboration with dogfish head. This beer is called liquid breadfruit, Tony, liquid breadfruit. Okay. Familiar, Tony, with, bread familiar with the bread, with the breadfruit. Yeah. Yes. I am. Uh, this is a golden ale. They collaborated with Dogfish Head on this. Has three point six thousand check-ins. Uh, this is a collaboration beer brewed with local breadfruit, fruit, breadfruit, and toasted papaya seeds, brewed into an imperial golden ale fermentation using Dogfish Head's Delaware Native Ale yeast. Okay. So yeah, liquid breadfruit, eight point two percent. Oh, eight point two percent. That's sort of. Yeah. Just going to put it a touch under four here. I was going to go a little bit further under four, but I'm going to go 3.96 is where I want to go with that because I think the higher alcohol bumps it up, but the relationship with Dogfit Head potentially drops it down. So that's where I'm going to go with that, 3.96. All right, Tony. I got bad news for you on this one. This one did not hit the target for many people. The Good. liquid breadfruit 
3.6 thousand check-ins comes in with a 3.57. Okay. Uh, well, not particularly well liked on this one. Uh, you know, I've never had breadfruit. I, I can say what does it taste like? it's it's related to the mulberry bush, um, and I have had mulberries, but um, I think they're a um, a native Hawaiian thing, unlike macadamia nuts. They're actually Australian people, not Hawaiian. All right. <laughs> I believe that. Um, uh, yeah. Let's move on to their most popular beer, Tony. Okay. Why don't we do the most popular one? This is Coconut Hiwa. This is a 6% porter, 109.3 thousand check-ins, a robust dark ale with hand-toasted coconut and hints of mocha. I get almost 110,000 check-ins. Have you had 6% this? 6% porter. I have had this. And it's what a nice it, beer. It's a nice 6% porter. Okay. What did you score it? Because that won't really affect with so many check-ins. Uh, I gave it a four. Okay. But I drank this many, many years ago. When you used to actually like harshly mark a beer and... Okay. I was never much of a harsh marker of the beers, but... I could go get it right now. It's on draft at the Parkway Tavern on Mark Street here down from my house if I really wanted some. Yep. I think marquee popular beers, they're they're so good because they're so inoffensive. So they're never going to be like knock your socks off great. This is going to be a solid beer that comes in at 3.87. That's where I'm going to put Mm -hmm. that. Um and I've been nowhere near it of late, so and the um doesn't sound good for me. But that that's no, where I honestly put good. it. Uh, you're not that far off, but you're not close enough. This is three point seven five for Coca and Hewa. Damn, um, pretty. Yeah, I mean, these old. The thing is, these beers have been around for a long time. Yep, and I think that affects. I think that affects their their um, ability. Look, it was in the ballpark of where I wanted to go. It's it's just I, I went a little high. That that's absolutely a reasonable score for something that's so popular. So yeah. All right. So last one we're gonna do. Okay. This is uh, one of my favorites from Maui. This is for some moisturizer. Yep. This is just as for me to throw down the Jergens. Um, this is the Imperial Coconut Porter. Uh, this is a nine percent. Uh, Imperial Double Porter, 20.2 thousand check-ins. I've had it twice, Tony. I gave it a five. I enjoyed this beer. Uh, it's the 2016 GABF Gold winner for field beer. <laughs> it utilizes seven different malts, including black and chocolate malts, as well as raw and toasted coconut, resulting in a rich, slightly sweet, and malty ale. Um, the Coconut Porter pours with a dark tan head and drinks with a silky smooth, yet warming finish. So, Tony... It's a very delicious beer, but this is a porter from a time many time many years ago. So this is this is pastry porter in the era pre pastry stout. Um, okay, this, so this... that's my that's my little hint for you. Uh, so I loved it. Um, a lot of my friends seem to like it too. I'm looking at through some of my friends' check ins. Pretty good, actually. Kyle Kyle Jennings, PartyPercussionist.biz, gave it a 4.75. Um, so there you go. Uh, all right. So what do you got, Tony? Um, I don't know where to place this now. This is an 
awful confusing bunch of information you you have just given me. I don't know whether this is highly rated because it was in an era before these things were commonplace, or America wasn't ready for it. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say America wasn't ready for this. I'm going to go. I've got to drop it back each time, but I can't go much lower. I can't go under three point eight. Give it to me at three point eight two. Is where I'm going to go. Okay. You're dry jacking, my friend. This one is 4.13. So not not nearly in the numbers that pastry stout gets these days, coconut beer gets these days, but uh, still a decent rating for this one at 20,000 check-ins. I would love to see this one start to pop up a little more often out here in Las Vegas. Very nice little little porter there. that is about it for, for Maui. Uh, they have a number of other things with pineapple and other fruits in them. They have a POG IPA, you know, what's that? Passion fruit, orange, guava. guava I think. Yep. Um, that's a good one too. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit up some Maui if we start seeing some around again. That'd be cool. Uh, Tony, I think that is about it for me today. I think I am running out of energy. Uh, it's time for me to go lay down perfectly still for a few hours. Uh, Tony, why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us um, on Untapped Your Griff AD. I'm St. Moz. You can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. They can shoot us an email at Beer Engine Show. <laughs> Sorry. If you're going to send an email, you put the at at the company that goes after your name. So it's Beer Engine Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us a tip. You know, it's Ko fi with the dash in it, dot com forward slash yeah, podcast. Um, Griff, join anything our else? Discord. Join our Discord. You can join our Discord. Send us a note on Instagram. Send us an email. We will get you in the Discord. Uh, send you a link or give us a tip. You'll get the you'll get the Discord link yep. for free. You know how to do uh, it, people. No, nothing else than that, Tony. I uh, I uh, am gonna enjoy not traveling for a little bit. Uh, and be here until I go to Great Taste Midwest next month. That'll be cool. All yeah. right, guys, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Fingers crossed you recover from your hangover. That's right. <laughs>